Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can please open up. Uh, we're making our way through 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. So if you can turn back there with me, 1 Thessalonians 2. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 5 to 8. The title of our message is, Let Us Love One Another. Let Us Love One Another. As believers, you know this, we're, we're called to love one another. That would be totally impossible to have true love for one another, an agape type of love for one another, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit working inside of us. You see, God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. So his love is inside of us. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit pours out his love into our hearts. So we're, we're instructed to love one another. And we're instructed to deny ourselves and to esteem others more highly than ourselves. Again, that's impossible without the work of the Holy Spirit because God is love. So before we knew the Lord, before we had the Holy Spirit living in us, we were not able to have true love. We might have thought we loved other people, but that's not true love. Love comes from God, and we're called and we're instructed to love each other. As a matter of fact, the Bible says those outside of the church will know that we're true disciples when they see our love one for another, right? So I think what the enemy loves to do is he loves to cause division and he loves to cause you know, people to bicker with one another inside of the church. Why? Because in the world, when they see that, they're like, see that? They're just like us. No, we're to be different. We're called to be different. We're called to have a supernatural love by the Holy Spirit working in us, but we have to make a choice to love one another. Paul the Apostle, as we're going to look at in our text here, he truly loved those that he ministered to. He loved those in Thessalonica. He poured into them. We're going to read about how he cherished them. He's an, even as a nursing mother, cherishes her own children. That's the love that he had for the church. So as we talk about love and loving one another, I'm going to ask that you please stand with me, and I'm just going to go ahead and read these four verses. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5. The Apostle Paul writes to this infant church that he ministered to, and he writes, For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become, can we say that together? Dear to us. Dear to us. Lord, help us to take Paul's example. As I pray, I, I realize something. It's so easy for us to say, I'm a Christian, but that means Christ-like. And we see the example of Paul. So with these four verses, Lord, please make clear that message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. As a way of reminder, Paul the Apostle, he was basically driven out of Thessalonica, the, the people that he's writing to. He was driven out of the city. When he was there, many came to Christ. There was many that gave their lives to the Lord. And so here's this infant church. They had to leave this 
city because of the Jewish leaders of that time. They were envious of him. They were jealous of Paul because everybody was looking to Paul and they couldn't handle it. So they basically, they drove him out of town. And so as you recall, Paul's writing from Corinth. So he's writing this letter from Corinth to this church, this infant church, and he's reminding them because there was a, a huge attack on Paul the apostle. Paul was used mightily by God, but there was uh, accusations about him that, that he's in it for the money, that he's doing this for the wrong reasons. He has terrible motives. He's, he's not real. He's fake. He's phony. All this kind of stuff. These accusations were coming against Paul the apostle. So he's writing to them, reminding them the fact that, no, I did care for you. Remember? And he said, he's telling them about his pure motives, as we just read, that he truly cared for them. So let's look back at verse 5 and look at it a little closer here. So again, he says, for neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know. Let's stop there, though. Paul the Apostle did not use worldly techniques to convert people. He didn't use worldly ways. He wasn't like this uh, Mr. Salesperson. And, and this is a good reminder for us. He says, I didn't use flattering words. He didn't butter them up. He didn't try to win favor by telling them how great they were. He's saying, you know that I didn't do that. Eh? He says, I never did that. And it's a good reminder for us that when it comes to converting people, people coming to Christ, it's not how great we can sell something to them because listen, we're not selling anything. Salvation is a free gift. And Paul the apostle didn't use flattering words. He used the word of God and he relied on the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? And I believe that's important for us, that we, we, re, we use the word of God when it comes to people that don't know the Lord, and we rely on the work of the Holy Spirit because that's how God saves people. And you might say, well, pastor, how do you know that's what he did? Good question. Thanks for asking that, by the way. Because in chapter one, he told us, he said, for our gospel did not come to you in, can we say that? Word only. That's the word of God. So he used the word of God, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. So Paul the Apostle, when he shared with them, again, he wasn't a great, he wasn't trying to be a great salesperson. He wasn't using uh, worldly motives. He was literally using the word of God, relying on the Holy Spirit, and God used it mightily. And again, it's a reminder for us, when we're talking to people that don't know the Lord, use the word of God, rely on the Holy Spirit. If we can argue them into the kingdom, it's not a true conversion. Like, oh, yeah, you need this. And you know, no, no. And, and I believe it's a good reminder for all of us as believers, wait on the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit work. Let the, let the word of God just penetrate the hearts of the people that you're talking to. It's powerful when there's a true conversion. When you watch someone transformed right before your eyes, isn't that a powerful thing? Just like, wow. Last Sunday, a couple invited uh, two friends to church. And so they invited, they uh, introduced me to them after. I think it was second service, maybe it was third service. I, don't, I get all these services mixed up here, but uh, anyway. So they introduced me, so they, you know, they introduced me to their friends that they brought. They were there for the first time, and I knew they weren't believers because uh, the people that brought them whispered to me, they don't know the Lord. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I got it. They didn't know the Lord. 
And so right away, I just desired to share the gospel and I felt led by the Holy Spirit to, to really, you know, just share the gospel. And one of the ladies were just listening. The other one, she was, you know, going back and forth with me, but she was kind of challenging everything that I was saying. Say, well, no, what about this and this? And this is what I believe in this way. And so, but it was great because what was happening while she was doing that, I love doing this, is I just kept praying, Lord Jesus, just give me your word. Give me the truth. And, and as that was happening, it's going back and forth. And I believe the Lord just gave wisdom and the word of God went out. And so much so, listen to this. She walked away and she goes, you're good. You're good. You're, you're good. <laughs> but what was, they was saying, it wasn't that I'm good, it, but what it was, it's, it's the word of God. It's so powerful. You can't dispute it. If you rightly divide the word of truth, it's, it's powerful. And you can't, you know, you try to say, well, I don't believe because of this. Well, God has an answer for that. It's in the word. Well, because of this. Well, God has an answer for that because it's in the word. Well, I don't believe because of this. Well, what about this? This is what it says in the word. So then it comes to a point, at that point, even with this lady, it's like, well, now you know the truth, but what are you going to do with it? The Word of God is powerful. I personally, I don't like to have like this pat way, this pattern way to bring everybody to Christ. I just don't, uh, not that I say, well, I've got this down. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not even challenging those that use that method because sometimes that works. I get that. I understand that. But I, my, the way I try my best to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people as I'm just praying and saying, Lord, by your spirit, speak to this person. And, and Lord, just give me your word. And, and, and so by the word of God and through the Holy Spirit, hopefully the Lord's speaking directly through his word, directly to the heart of the person that we're sharing with. And that's what Paul the apostle did. It was in power. It was in the Holy Spirit. It was with the word of God, the truth of the gospel. The gospel is powerful. We don't have to sell anything. Great scripture that goes with this. When Paul the Apostle went to Corinth, remember, you guys know this. He said to the church in Corinth, he says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of what? Speech. He wasn't a great orator or the wisdom declaring to you the testimonies of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ in him, what? Crucified. That's powerful. He says, I didn't try to impress you with my eloquence of speech. I preached Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified, he said. Then he says, I was, in, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That's not a good resume. Because Paul the apostle knew the weaker he was, the, the more powerful God was in his life. He wasn't drawing attention to himself. He wasn't saying, well, look at me, a super Christian. No, he's saying, I was weak. I was trembling. I had fear, but I preached the gospel. He went on to say, and my speech and my preaching were not with, can we say that? Persuasive words. Beware of that. When you, you think you can have, I can persuade them with my persuasive words. Paul says, I didn't use persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit, there you go, the Holy Spirit, the work of the spirit, and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of what? Men, but in the power of God. That's what our faith is in, not the wisdom of man. It's in the power of God, the work of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. That's why, you see, many people, I do, you know, they say, well, yeah, you know, I, I walked down on the field one time and I did this. Then you ask where they're at spiritually and they're like, well, no, I don't go to church or I, you know, nothing's changed. Well, they didn't experience the power of God in their lives, the power of the Holy Spirit working in them. There, there wasn't a true transformation that took place. Another great scripture that goes with this, Galatians 1.10, Paul writes to the church in Galatia, he says, for I do not, excuse me, for do I now 
persuade men or seek favor from men or God? Or do I seek to please men? Beware of that. For if I still please men, I would not be a what? I wouldn't be a bondservant of Christ. When it comes to sharing the gospel, when it comes to using the word of God, do realize something, people will get mad at you. And if you want to seek favor with man all the time, when you're going to realize when you share the gospel, people are not, they're going to hate you because they hate God. It's not fun. I'm not saying this is a great thing and, you know, you have people hate you. I'm not saying that. We want people to like us, but we need to get, it, get over the fact that people will not like us sometimes. I did a memorial service not too long ago, and basically, as I was preaching the gospel, the, the person that was there, a close friend of the person that passed away, he was using F-bombs. He was saying, blank you, pastor, blank you, screaming while I'm preaching. You know what I thought? Awesome, he got hit. <laughs> He's getting affected by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have to sell anything, guys. This is really, it takes the, the pressure off of each one of us. We can't convert anybody. But God does, and it's through his word, and it's by his Holy Spirit, and it's a great reminder for us. But let's look back at verse 5 again. Nor as a cloak for covetousness, God is witness. Paul the apostle didn't hide his, a, a, a motive. There wasn't a motive behind them being converted. He wasn't wanting their money. He wasn't greedy. He wasn't, his motive wasn't money and greed. His motive was his love for Christ and Christ's love for him. And that should be the motive of every one of us that ministers, any capacity you're ministering. What is your motive for ministering? Your motive, my motive should always be because I love Christ and Christ loves me. And that's Paul the apostle. He says, I didn't do it for for gain. I didn't do it for money. I didn't try to convert you that I can make extra money. And beware of those churches that do that, that do it for gain. No, we should minister because we love Christ. My challenge to you, are you ministering? You should be if you've walked with the Lord for a while. And my next question is, what motivates you? The Bible talks about when someone's forgiven much, they love much. There's a person standing up here that's been forgiven of a whole bunch. And when God forgives us and and we experience his forgiveness and we experience his love, and then we know the calling that's upon our lives, we should walk in the calling. We should do what he's called us to do. But it always, always needs to be motivated by the love he has for you and the love you have for him. Amen? Before we move on, I want to look back at this where it says, for neither at any time did we use flattering words. Paul the apostle never flattered people. Never. And I want to say with that, beware of flattery. Beware of flatterers. It's lying, actually. I want to put a definition up here. Flattery is excessive or insincere praise. The act of giving excessive compliments, generally for the purpose of some kind of self-what? Gain. So beware of flatterers. They, you know, I've seen this happen with my own eyes. There's someone that'll be talking to someone and say, oh, you're the greatest, I love you. Oh, oh well, we love you. Oh, you're so awesome. You're awesome. They turn their back and say, oh, I can't stand that person. <laughs> you're like, go tell them that. You're lying to that person. That's flattery. You're saying something you would never say to their face, which you'd never say behind their back. Don't do that. That's flattery. It's wrong. Someone once said, I, I love this quote. A flatterer is a person who manipulates rather than communicates. Please don't get me wrong, because there is a need for encouragement in the body of Christ. We need to be encouraged. There's nothing wrong with sincere encouragement motivated by love. 
I love that. There's, there's people that literally have a gift of encouragement, and that's great. They, you know, they, they encourage people in truth and sincerity, and, like, and that's an awesome thing. But when it's flattery for your own gain, when it's flattery, you're saying things that you really don't mean, but you're saying them anyhow to, to puff them up, or you're doing it to gain for something for yourself, beware of that, or beware of those that do that. Amen? You guys are really quiet today. You guys okay? You guys feeling okay? <laughs> Remember when we started the Women's Club way back in 2003 and the small community center there in Sunset Beach, I remember this gentleman after the service, he visited for the first time and he just went on and on. Oh, this is the best church. I've never heard a message like that. And you're the greatest pastor. Oh my, well, you have such a gift. And he just went on and on and on. And he's like going on. Oh, you're going to see me every Sunday. When's your midweek study? I want to be there every midweek study. Oh, this is so great. And he walked away. And I kid you not, strongly, I felt the Lord show me, you're never going to see that person again. <laughs> and I looked at my wife. She remembers this because I, I looked at her. I said, we're never going to see him again. And we never seen him again. <laughs> They were empty words. Beware of flattery. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about it. I'm just going to put up Proverbs 26, 24 through 26. Talking about flattery, it says, he who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not do what? Believe him. For there are seven abominations in his heart. So what's going on in his heart? He's saying things, but what's really going on in his heart? It says, though his hatred is covered by deceit. So really, he hates you. He's acting like he loves you, but he doesn't. It says, his wickedness will be revealed before the, can we say that out loud? The assembly. In other words, he's going to get busted. <laughs> After first service, I saw a few people, and I says, hey, I love you. And I says, that's not flattery. I really do love you. I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on to say, nor did we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Paul the apostle, see, he was handpicked by Jesus on the road to Damascus. Handpicked. He was an apostle. He had great authority, but he did not use that authority to, to lord over the people. He did not use that authority to be a heavy hand on the people, nor was he a glory hog. He didn't want the glory. And we, two things that are important in the church, if you minister in any way, that not to receive the glory. It's, it's different, you know, people say, great job, you know, that really ministered to me. Praise God, that's wonderful. But beware of being a glory hog because God says he'll share his glory with no man. When, it, when it's, all the attention is you, so that's dangerous. So the Lord said, I am the Lord, this is my name, and my glory I will not give to another nor my praise to carve images. But it's a great example for us to give glory to God. He's the one. If anything good comes out of us, it's because of Christ. It's because of the work of his spirit. But the other thing is that he didn't make demands as an apostle. He, again, he wasn't leading people with a heavy hand. In ministry, we should never lead with a heavy hand. In this church that, you know, we... If that's ever happened, we've had, you know, a few times where, it's, you know, people have come to us and say, wow, this person's on like a trip. They're just like, it just, you know, the, the authority's gone to their head and all this kind of stuff. And we deal with that. Why? Because this is our example. You never want to lead with a heavy, in, in ministry, we would, we should never lead with a heavy hand. Like we're, you know, that you're greater than the people below you and you do what I say and all that. No, that's not the example, Paul. Paul as an apostle has great authority 
but he led in love. Before we go to the last two verses, I, I love being in this particular letter to the church in Thessalonica because this is an actual letter going to a church. So it gives us direct instruction. So I love the fact we can take direct instruction what the church should do, what we look like as we glean off of these wonderful truths. And that's awesome. But I believe that the day we're living in, we are living in a day where the church, the apostate church state that we're in now, it's an apostate church at this point. Do you guys know that? that the church as a whole, there's, a, there's an apostate, meaning that they're not doing things the way of the scriptures. They're not being led by scripture, you might say. And then before I get to something I want to show you here to show you that, but it's affecting our society. I believe if the church would stand up with truth according to the word of God through scripture and, and, and rightly dividing the, the word of truth and, and, stir, and interpreting scripture with scripture, our society would be different. So it's not only the church is at an apostate. I believe the last two and a half years, the church has gone off the rails. And you might say again, well, pastor, do you have any example of that? I love these questions. They're wonderful. (laughs) Well, there's one. Church of England says there's no official definition of a woman. Is that scriptural? No, there's a definition of woman. God made us male and female. So Rome, a senior bishop of the Church of England, said this week the church has no official definition of a woman uh, amidst an evolving understanding of gender in the contemporary world. So the contemporary, wor- contemporary world changes the Bible? Pope Francis says, consume less meat to save the planet. It's, it's interesting, it says in, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that in the last days they're going to they're going to ask you to restrain from eating certain foods in the last days. And they're going to, they tell you, they forbid to marry, for people to marry one another, which the Catholic Church does with the priest, and that causes all kinds of problems. That's not scriptural. So Pope Francis argued, excuse, urged, excuse me, urged European youth this week to eat less meat as a means of curbing global warming and preserving the planet. There you go. That's going to work. And then we have this, affecting our society. As abortion restrictions grow, California doctors propose floating abortion clinics in federal waters. I believe they're doing this because California, because I was thinking through this, I'm like, wait a second. It's still legal in California at this point because it's state by state, right, to have an abortion. So it's, it's legal here, right? But what I hope we're going to do in Huntington Beach, and I hope that they'll do it in all the cities, we'll have sanctuary cities for these babies, is what I hope. So that's why they're doing this. So did you guys see this? New York, in New York, they released a public service announcement. Residents, in the event of a nuclear attack, they did a video, what to do if we get hit by a nuclear bomb. Do they know something we don't know? It's true. So they tell them, stay inside. Well, get inside, stay inside, stay tuned. So in the last days, there'll be wars, rumors of wars, but this is hitting close to home. This is actually awesome. How many saw this? So Benjamin, there's the Benjamin Netanyahu promised peace accord with multiple nations. But listen to the wording here. Former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu promised to bring full peace agreement with Saudi Arabia and other countries if he wins the election in the fall. 
Well, according to my Bible, it says that the start of the tribulation is when the Antichrist comes and makes this agreement with Israel and the Arab nations. It's a seven-year peace treaty. That starts the tribulation period. Very interesting days that we're living in. And then I always love to, when I do news, I try my best to have good news at the end. So check this out. Texas company offers employees $7,500 to choose adoption over abortion. So the, the CEO says, it's good for business. So because of Roe v. Wade, and by the way, Roe v. Wade, uh, we celebrate the fact that this was overturned, and churches that don't celebrate that fact that this was overturned, those that are watching us online, get out of those churches, by the way, because we should celebrate life. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.